The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you living a wellness lifestyle? What could it do for you? Join us today on the Wellness Lounge a step further and see how our guests and direction can inspire you to self-empowerment through a wellness lifestyle. Now, here is the host of the Wellness Lounge a step further, Desiree Watson. Thanks for joining us again. And we're here, and once again, we are so excited about our guests that we will have today. And for those of you who are just tuning in for the first time, we are Wellness Interactive, and one of our signature brands is the Wellness Lounge. We're located in South Orange, New Jersey, and what our belief is is that uh, we take it a step further in really combining the mind-body-spirit as we know it, which delivers information and empowers us to do more, to act better on in responding to the issues of the world. It could cover anything from politics to uh, empowerment, enlightenment, enlightenment. But just keep in mind, the guests we have on our show, they may live right next door to you, and you may not know all the amazing things that they're doing in the world to make our world come together as a better unit. And, uh, of course, we're responsible for that, too. So you can always find us on social media and uh, anything from uh, Twitter to Facebook. It's Wellness INT. It's uh, uh, LinkedIn. We can go on and on. But before I get to our wonderful guest, who you'll enjoy today, I just want to read um, a little paragraph. As you all know, I like to grab a, a passage from a book, but this time uh, we're going to just grab a paragraph from what we use in our wellness lounge. And it's really speaking about our home away from home. And it begins with uh, the wellness lounge being in an oasis where visitors can come and stay a while. Our main getaway retreat is located in South Orange, New Jersey, as I mentioned before, there are, uh, where clients come in to sip warm tea and enjoy natural and organic treats. We invite you to relax with a foot bath and take advantage of ancient therapies such as ear candling, reflexology, Thai massage, and other holistic treatments, relaxing music, lifestyle classes, workshops, and green shopping, which inspire a lot of visitors to just stay a while and enjoy a day in our home. I... Um, mention all this because our guest, uh, as you uh, may have uh, signed on to see, he's engaged with a platform that we should all be interested in. And if we're not, if we're not uh, after you listen to some of the um, amazing projects that he's working with and engaging with around the world, then uh, maybe you'll sign on to do more when it comes to 
energy. So um, the Wellness Lounge, as I just mentioned, we're dedicated to that. We're get dedicated to green. We're dedicated to, you know, just preserving ourselves to be more in tune to what's happening in the world. So on that note, let me just uh, make an introduction to Nusret Comert, who is the chairman of Damnus Energy and Investment and board member of Energo Wind Power LTD, and I'm sure he'll uh, uh, maybe perhaps um, enlighten <laughs> me as to how to say that when he comes on. He has been in the upstream, midstream, and downstream of energy industry for 30 years. He had been supporting Royal Dutch Shell's activities in the region for developing upstream oil and gas positions and additional gas supplies for Turkey and Europe. Comerd has led the natural gas sector's liberalization process in Turkey and is the founder and was the chairman of the board of directors of Shell Energy AS. Comerd has been an independent board member of Acton Holding AS and uh, I can go on and on and on, but the point is, he's going to enlighten us, and <laughs> we can't wait to hear more about what he's saying. Uh, last but not least, he has, holds a bachelor, excuse me, a BS degree, Bachelor of Science degree in Mechanical Engineering, and completed Istanbul University Business School. He's a senior advanced leadership fellow at Harvard University and an IMD Business School alumni. Comrade is an active member of Tucson, the Turkish Industrialist and Businessmen's Association. Now you can see <laughs> why it's difficult because he is absolutely amazing. He's done so much. And um, I'm just really humbled by the fact that he is here to enlighten us who may know just a little bit about energy in the world, or we may know nothing, but he'll help us with that today. So thanks for joining us, Narset. Narset. Thank you. Thank you, Desiree, for your kind words. And please allow me to express my appreciation and admiration to your social entrepreneurship uh, oh, on, uh, in, in making the you. world in a better, uh, a better place to live in, indeed. Yes, yes. Oh, I'm so, I, I really am really humbled by the fact that uh, you're going to share so much with uh, our listeners today on uh, how, this, how the, uh, the energy uh, really can affect us, affect us all. But before we get to that, I really want to uh, uh, speak in, about how you really got to this uh, platform, because you've been uh, working within uh, the energy world for 30, over 30 years now uh, in the energy industry. Um, was this something that you actually thought about as a child? I mean, were you actually preserving water and electricity when you were a kid? How did that work for you? <laughs> well, Desiree, not, not really. My dream was becoming a mechanical engineer. That was my passion when I was a little boy. I was breaking up the toys and taking out the parts out. But <laughs> I was buying a lot of stuff uh, at home, uh, the wires and just putting them uh, around the magnet and lighting a light or, or doing, mm. making little uh, electric engines. So that was, that was my, my, uh, something that I had been doing. But I really didn't know that I would end up in the energy world wow. indeed for over 30, 31 years. But at my last class, um, last year at mechanical engineering, uh, the business uh, uh, professor 
uh, spoke to me and he encouraged me to do MBA as soon as possible because somehow he has seen something uh, in me about the business and management and leadership aspect. This is how I ended up at the leadership uh, school. Otherwise, otherwise, you know, not really. Right. Well, you know, that, that's so interesting that you mentioned two things that I think are uh, extremely important, important for our listeners if they're uh, engaging with uh, trying to empower young people or just trying to empower themselves. You spoke about what you were doing as a kid and connecting, you know, the, the wires and electricity. <laughs> well, not electricity, but all the wires. And then you went on to the university to be a mechanical engineer and your professor uh, saw something in you. Now, I think at both, uh, both of those, uh, uh, I, I would say, experiences, it, it has to, at some point, um, engage you uh, as an uh, uh, inspiring uh, young man to do more, but it doesn't necessarily ask you to listen. <laughs> you know what I mean? So uh, what inspired you to listen to your professor? Or what inspired you to just take it a step further? Like, because it, I'm sure there are great professors out there that are um, really interacting with students and um, helping them to move along, but some of them, you know, they're, they're not listening. So what in you inspired uh, uh, you to do more? Well, uh, one, one aspect was uh, the, the, the proof, uh, reality check on this, because mm. I was always doing my sum, summer internship uh, in full term without, you know, cheating the papers or anything. And mm-hmm. I, I ended up in feeling at the production plants, industrial plants, that I'm an outgoing person. I'm a social animal. I'm just, I'm just not happy with spending all my time. I look <laughs> at from the corridor to the general manager of the company. I said, what if, if I'm sitting in his chair after five years? Would, would that be? And that, that was a very, very challenging and ambitious, you know, outlook. And I said, would it be uh, fine for me? Would it be happy? And then the answer was no, no. And then that, that was a combination of how I listened to professor and how I felt about uh, uh, with, my, with my experience. And then, wow. but still not enough. And then at my last school of diploma, uh, diploma thesis at um, engineering school, my, uh, my project was solar, solar power, renewable. Mm. Then from there, and I really tried to, you know, that was the early years of solar. And our professor was also a member of uh, a company. He was just uh, a board member of a company. So they were struggling with some technical aspects. So we were trying to find some solutions to very difficult uh, problems in, in the production level. Now, they, you know, many of them were overcome. But after the MBA, then that was, that was just a kind of, uh, by accident, I heard that Shell was uh, looking for a, a sales representative, a sales coordinator, whatever they could. Now they, they have a more trendy name for that, the territory manager. But we were sales coordinator driving. We had the territory, six uh, province or a region, and then driving around, uh, taking care of the whole region. Mm. This, this was also, this was, I heard, I started to have my discussions and this and that, a series of interviews, and they said, start tomorrow. And that was my compulsory military service ending period. So that was also kind of an accident, uh, by mm-hmm. accident, a happening. 
came in front of me. I decided to, and by then I had agreed with a very large Turkish company to start as a mechanical engineer in a in a high tech engineering uh, engineering production uh, company. So mm-hmm. my my point my point from there, uh, Desire, uh, what I feel about the life. The life is, you know, the, the opportunities or non-opportunities, sometimes the other way around, just, you know, passing through your, in front of your eyes. But unfortunately, they are invisible. You can't see them. You, oh, they, beautiful. They, they, right. They, they pass, you know, maybe tens of them every day, maybe hundreds, maybe a few. But mm. you pick them or you don't. You let them go or... <laughs> I love it. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That's so beautiful. This is real. That's so true. I know my husband said uh, once to me, he, he says to me, uh, you know, I, I commented. I said, oh, you know, there are 52 uh, cards in a deck. And, you know, I think uh, you're dealt uh, these 52 cards and you get maybe 10 or 12. You grab a hold of something and... He says, well, I, I think you should look at all 52 and, and, and take his, all 52. <laughs> but I think it's similar to what you're speaking about as well. If life is just passing, which I think you just said that so eloquently, it's just passing in front of you, and you, you really do have to just be mindful of the fact that um, I, I believe that, you know, we're able to grab hold of, uh, you know, the blessings that's before us. So, um, thank you for that. So let's um, uh, fast forward to where you are now in the Damnus Energy and Investment Company. You know, uh, Nazareth, I, I'm just going to jump right into it because I'm so curious, and maybe the listeners are as well. It's a private company, and love what you all are doing. You're, uh, and, and you could explain it a lot better than I, but it's a private company that's bringing uh, uh, natural gas and, and, and basically the, the profile is, uh, engaging with other countries. So you're engaging with Georgia, bringing natural gas to Turkey and, you know, it, please enlighten us on how all this works and does every country need a private investment company like yours? And, and I'm, I'm actually generalizing a bit because I know there are some many powerful countries that may not need any of this, but, I'm really concerned about um, countries that may not have investment companies looking out for them. And I'm, I'm concerned that, uh, realistically speaking, are there places in the world that will never see energy or natural gas? Or uh, obviously we know that everyone doesn't have clean water. There's a lot to kind of speak about, but I'm more focused on how countries that are in need can get um, and uh, an amazing platform like yours, investment companies looking at how they could bring great energy. You are you are absolutely right, Desire. There are a big, big amount of people all over the world, well, in, particularly in some part of the world, they have never seen electricity. They have never seen, they have never seen a meaningful source of energy. So they, they burn woods to cook and to, the, to, to heat themselves and so so amazing when we live in, in New York, Istanbul and something, we cannot even imagine that there are a big number of people over mm-hmm. a billion that still don't have access to clean water, to energy, right. uh, to electricity. They have never seen, as I said. So uh, the, the social entrepreneurship, when you look around, as you have been also doing, there are so many problems of the world, like uh, the, the youth unemployment 
terrorism, as, as, as we have seen, unfortunately, um, uh, more and more nowadays in the, in the region, and, and, and the employment or, or underemployment of women, underempowerment of women, and so. Anyway, uh, mm-hmm. this, is, this, is, this is a big problem. Even in the large economies, when we see uh, the countries addressing the economic growth, employment, and so, then they all end up with energy. If they are energy exporting countries, it's a, it's a different story. If it is energy importing, energy short com- country, it is another different story, but they all are so much interrelated to availability of energy, the cost of energy, the uh, security of energy, mm. which means uh, diversification, uh, and, and, and so the source diversification, root diversification, and so. So on this one, also, I, have, I had a strong belief of liberal markets, liquid markets, where energy would compete with energy, in the countries, at the borders, all over the world. That's why I made my comment when I was invited uh, by a TV channel at the uh, end of the OPEC meeting to, uh, to comment on the outcome of the decision. And the, the, the question, the first question came, what do you think about OPEC? And I said, well, do you want really my answer about OPEC? Hold on for one second, because I would love to hear the answer. I'm sure the listeners will, too. But we need to break for a commercial, unfortunately. Oh, I can't wait to hear this. What do you really think about OPEC? We shall return in a moment. We'll break, and uh, we're speaking with Nutsred Kamert. He's going to enlighten us about energy and, you know, energy and investment. And doesn't matter if it's private company or us investing in our own communities and in our homes and so on. But we'll be enlightened for another 40 minutes. Just hold in. Thank you. This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you ready for a health, life, and empowerment show in one? Then be sure to listen every week for Living Well with Ann Beal. Ann takes her long-running TV show to the Internet Talk Radio Airwaves with guest experts and insight designed to help you live a healthy and successful life. By hearing from the experts and those who have found success, our goal is that you too will be motivated to do the same. Living Well with Ann Beal can be heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's time to take a fresh look at your life, but where do you start? Your world has thousands of possibilities that are waiting to be explored. Find out how you can discover your possibilities by tuning in to Fresh Start with Sue Williams Braun. Midlife is a turning point in your journey. It's a time to take off the blinders and find what has meaning for you. Our guests include experts and inspiring people who are making their middle years count and will inspire you to do the same. Fresh Start airs live Fridays at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Build a better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You're tuned in to the Wellness Lounge a step further with host Desiree Watson. To find out more about our programs, 
please visit our website at www.wellnessinteractive.com. That's wellnessinteractive.com. Now, back to the show. We're speaking with Nazrat Kamert. He is the chairman of Damnus Energy and Investment and board member of Energo Wind Power LTD. And he is enlightening us and empowering us on the whole uh, platform that he represents and has been in this industry for over 30 years. And it is about energy. And we're going to be enlightened once again with uh, Nazrat. We were... Um, just uh, speaking about, um, or you were saying to us, you were asked a question uh, about your true feelings. What do you really feel about OPEC? So we can't wait to hear. Thank you, Desire. Uh, yes, indeed. When I was asked about OPEC, what do you think about OPEC? And OPEC, I, my true feeling is I don't agree with this. I mean, I am a strong believer of liberal economies, gas-to-gas competition, oil-to-oil competition, all where everybody can have access to, to energy sources and the, 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 it can compete. And you have a trust established in 1960 who sit and decide to cut the production and this and that and that. So, and, and you would remember, in, it was established in 1960. In 1960s, uh, the U.S. administration uh, banned the U.S. companies to speak to OPEC. And then from there, it became a de facto reality and then here we are, we, everybody is looking at the, the words of OPEC, the outcome of OPEC meetings to see the destiny of oil prices and gas prices as a result. And so, so from there, indeed, energy, we were talking about energy. The uh, developments in renewable has been great during the last decades and it's going to the right direction in, in, in Europe. Uh, both can you, I, I'm not meaning to interrupt, Nuts, but can you just explain uh, that uh, for our listeners' sake, when you talk about renewable energy and all of that, can you explain renewal, renewable energy? And I love the idea of when you talk about liberalization, can, can you possibly connect those two for us just to, so that we sure. understand? Sure. You know, uh, the governments take roles as monopolies often, to start to uh, bring energy sources to their people. For mm-hmm. example, in Turkey, gas, well, gas uh, arrived in the country to fight air pollution because it was almost impossible to live in uh, cities like Ankara and Istanbul because of mm-hmm. air pollution. I remember those days. Mm-hmm. And the government took the decision. There was a government decree who empowered a state company to import gas as a monopoly in 1987. And then this Botash, the state entity, has done great work to put the infrastructure in place, sign the gas import contracts, and so, and so, and so. But then it came to a point that gas liberalization was needed in the country, in my opinion. And in the year 2000, I started to lead a movement to liberalize the market, but that would that required uh, a, a law in place, uh, secondary legislation, a regulate, regulator, network code, and everything. And I had a big uh, pushback of, from from almost everywhere. It was considered to be a national security problem, and so. But I, incorp- with some other friends, we incorporated an industry association an umbrella association with a few people which reached to 75 large company members eventually. And I managed to convince the people that it's a good thing for the country. It's not a threat, but it's an opportunity. 
And after so many years of um, uh, kind of struggle, uh, I managed to, uh, to to incorporate the first gas ever import and wholesale company in in Turkey for wow. almost two years. That was the the only one. The only one. Everybody was looking at this. What, what would happen? Wow. And later on, it became a multi-billion dollar. Uh, market, billions of dollars of investment, thousands of employment and so. And that was eventually appreciated. Now, there are so many people doing business in this. Gas to gas uh, competition is already in place. The, the prices came down uh, and, 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 and all the concerns moved out. But it took me years to, 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 you know, to, to do that and try to do that right. And that is, as I said, uh, with, with, with some uh, leaders on this, but I was really the champion of this, and it did happen. So that, that is an example. In Europe, that was That's also excellent. Wow, in, excellent. In, in, the hands of, in the hands of the state companies. And now they are, some of them are public, some of them are private. Uh, and so U.S. was a good example to me, and in, it was an inspiring example to me. In, in gas, the, Europe is still trying to move from long-term contracts to hub, and so, but in, in, in the U.S. it has always been liquid, liberal markets, and, 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 that was, and that was a good and successful story. And then the shale gas was another revolution because that, that, then again, a lot of liberal uh, environment, investment environment helped the boom of uh, shale gas, and that was a game changer all over the world. What happened in the U.S. was a game changer all over the world, and now Europe is far behind this. And I started mm. again the first shale oil uh, production uh, in Turkey. That is a prototype. That, that is a, sm a small one. And the deep water also because the conventional oil and gas is not enough anymore. That is... That is right. <laughs> so you need to go and, you know, frack the, the, the earth, uh, the, the drill deep water, and, and, and try to, uh, try to uh, bring it on the earth. So another, another thing that I have done in my professional career was uh, to start first ever Mediterranean exploration. That was at the seismic level. And the first ever West uh, Black Sea exploration, the drilling will start very soon uh, by my, by my uh, former colleagues uh, and, and, and people responsible for that. So, and, and, and the renewable, so this is hand in hand. You, you, need, you need conventional, you need fossil fuels, you need uh, renewable also because they back up each other. There is a base load factor and the renewable availability you need to balance. And so, but the renewable is getting more and more uh, utilized, more and more higher and higher capacity factors. And one day perhaps you will have base load. You will have just 24 hours whenever you switch on the, on the light, you will, you, will see, you will have renewable uh, power in hand, but still in that in that period you need fossil fuels like oil and gas. So you cannot. That, that's why that's why when right. I, when I when I ask my permission the, the permission of my company headquarters uh, after thirty years year ago, uh, and that was my second exit by the way. After twelve years, I I I I I, I felt that I was you know my development was uh, coming uh, slow. I I exited and. Uh, they very spoilingly uh, found a way to bring me in and put me in London, and, and I was looking after some region. Anyway, so yeah, I see that you're um, in in uh, London or or the UK, and you're really speaking uh, about uh, or engaging with 
wind uh, power there because uh, the UK has more wind. Is that it? The well, wind power. And, I, I mm-hmm. read uh, where you all are uh, possibly engaging with the UK on uh, energy you, with energy all, all over. The wind power. Well, to fight to fight the uh, to fight the climate change. Desire, mm-hmm. uh, EU has taken some. Uh, the, the EU has set some uh, very ambitious targets, clear targets. Uh, to a percentage of renewable in the energy mix, uh, and uh, a, a measurement of carbon emission uh, in uh, that emitted, and so. And renewable is just zero carbon, zero carbon. So it is so important for our future, for kids, for our future generations to do something about this, because as usual, business as usual is not sustainable. It is definitely not sustainable. We will lose the earth the next generations if we continue as we, as, as we do now. So renewable is a solution to that. But as I said, we need to be realistic. We cannot expect we will switch all over the world tomorrow to renewable. That is difficult with investment. That is difficult with the fund availabilities. This is difficult with technical abilities today. Right. Uh, let's um, let's for a second, Nasrat, look at um, uh, some of the cities in in various countries. So let's look at for a moment uh, Beijing and uh, Hong Kong. I mean, I was in Beijing and I couldn't believe it. Oh my God! I, <laughs> it, uh, wow, <laughs> you can't breathe. <laughs> it's yes. really really bad there. So, um, and I, I understand they're they're doing or trying to do other things to um, correct the the uh, all of the the gas in the air that's what i call it <laughs> and then hong kong the electricity amount of power they're using is unbelievable and then when you look uh let's look at united states i'm here i'm an american you look at america there are battles for over fracking and non-fracking and then you know do we do we have a, a underground pipe uh, from Canada to uh, to transport oil straight through the middle of the country? As a just a citizen, for us being a citizen, and you're being uh, the amazing professional, and a scientist, and all of that, and engineer, can you enlighten us as to how we should approach? Uh, looking at the world, as you so eloquently laid it out for us, we need to save this for our kids. We need to, to step up and do a lot more for our kids, our grandkids that will be coming behind us. Can you tell us what we should be looking at that should be important to us? Now, we know that we should try and preserve water, turn off water. We know that we should turn off lights. But, you know, just on a bigger picture, what can we do within our community? Should we form organizations or groups, or should we look at private investment companies? Should we vote differently? Uh, just tell us what we should be doing. Well, that is, a, that is a good question, and I think China was a very, very good example that you put, because when we look at the uh, energy consumption, uh, carbon emission, and so uh, Southeast Asia, China, India, those are the big economies. Those are the big population, and they really make impact. Their, their choices and their decisions make big impact on the whole energy mix and climate change issues. Mm. And the use of, for example, the use of coal. The use of coal is, is a significant 
impact on, on both those issues. The use of the switch to renewable and switch to more uh, energy uh, environment friendly energy sources like gas is also a big impact. And I know China is seeking to have access with a limited availability of uh, fossil fuels outside uh, coal. They have big ambition to make presence in energy sources. And we have seen that in Iraq also, the, the companies from, from, from China has tried to find some exploration and, and production positions, like upstream positions over there. So uh, the, I, think, I think the world, world has a big dilemma versus sustainability, uh, environment, and, and, and access to energy. And when we say access to energy, as you as you very well know, it is indeed more than much more than switching the bulb, uh, right. lighting the the oil. But this is economy. This is employment. This is uh, welfare. This is you know hunger. This is this is all sorts all sort of elements. That's why, uh, and also uh, you you also very rightly addressed uh, the uh, discussions about fracking, oil pipelines, and everything. I think you cannot get rid of either. So we, the world needs to find a way to accommodate both without compromising mm. uh, from, from sustainability, find sustainability-friendly ways to, uh, to supply world with the energy sources. That's why there is a push, in spite of higher uh, cost right now, there is a move to, um, move to uh, renewable, and uh, there are subsidies for that. This is a, like a little baby now growing up, but uh, the subsidies uh, are, are must. This could be this could be feed-in tariffs. This this could be uh, some uh, long-term purchase commitments and so. But the investment model. But overall, the solution to energy is to fulfill the investment needs. So without investment, people can burn indeed uh, coal or wood and something. But this is not good for welfare. But it is it is also not good for um, for sustainability of the world also. And what what do you, do you need to do then? You need to improve the investment environment all over the world. So you need to attract uh, capital and you need to attract businessmen for that, for them to come and invest and make their choices where to invest when while they are still considering where not to invest. Uh, how I, when, I, when I left Shell, when I incorporated my own company, Damnus Energy and Investment, that, uh, that I, I made a search and I had uh, many discussions with many friends, business people on what to do. And one of them was, in fact, uh, doing something on the, uh, in, in, in shale gas uh, in, in, in the U.S. So I have seen to go, to go, going through uh, Philadelphia, and not only not only uh, getting an entry to uh, to upstream over there because there are so many uh, small players very admiringly very successful they go where in another part of the world people cannot drill one well in one year or two years you see them they finish everything in less than 30 years fracking and the production is amazing success stories but what was missing in my opinion is the management and the business leadership, and, and, and so that was one. The other one is, I have seen the pipeline bottleneck uh, up north to Philadelphia, 
And then, then I the typical Nusret started a dream. I like dreaming. I really love it. And talking to, uh, uh, to the prospective people that we considered to do something over there, but we have given up, is to build a pipeline all the way, not only have a liquefaction facility over there, but put, put the, on the way, put this gas out and develop industrial facilities over there. Because, you know, cheap labor versus cheap energy, that was also a big opportunity for the U.S. And I have seen some headquarters, some productions are moving from, uh, from China to, to the U.S., uh, because of energy, energy costs. So in Damnus, I ended up to pursue two projects and, and, and then discuss the other projects. One of them was wind power in Georgia because when was, uh, my, my partners came to me and they said, uh, what is the business prospect here? The, the initial thing that everybody look at water, but that water uh, is something, hydro is something, but then we uh, we have seen uh, no investment in, in 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 wind power and huge potential over there. Mm. Then we entered into meaningful discussion with the government. In very short period of time, we ended up with MOU signed with the government uh, to for us to continue yeah. effort and spending. That's um, that's absolutely very interesting because uh, um, that was going to be my next question. Uh, how uh, uh, you engage with Georgia and how that, um, you know, you, the, the investment uh, really happened almost overnight. So um, just hold that for a moment, Nasrat. We're going to break for commercial, and uh, when we return, we'll um, hopefully speak more about uh, the, the uh, business uh, investment with Georgia and Turkey because that uh, may be very helpful um, with, uh, you know, all of us looking at how uh, we can participate uh, uh, or at least uh, get closer or be enlightened by the fact that there can be hope to uh, reserve for our grandchildren. So we shall return in a moment, and we're speaking with Nasrat Kamert. He is an energy specialist and professional and investment. Uh, he does everything. <laughs> so stay with us. We'll be right back. up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. 
Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You're tuned in to the Wellness Lounge, a step further with host Desiree Watson. To find out more about our programs, please visit our website at www.wellnessinteractive.com. That's wellnessinteractive.com. Now, back to the show. Thanks for joining in again, and we're being empowered <laughs> and uh, enlightened, enlightened with Nuzred Kummert, who is the chairman of Damnuts Energy and Investment and board member of Energo Wind Power LTD. So, Nuzred, we were just speaking about Georgia and the, the investment with Georgia in Turkey. And uh, I, I guess... Um, you know, very much interested in how, um, really, how how you decide or how a company, an investment company, decides on um, uh, partnering with a country, another country, or getting well, countries together uh, mm-hmm. to, for energy purposes. Well, Desiree, that that came from a need. So uh, we talk about a few things that uh, that has happened in my past career, but I always pursued win-win and sustainable deals. Always win-win for the governments involved, for the parties involved, and so. So the simple analysis in Georgia, they are in need of energy. They are short in fossil fuel um, uh, reserves. They import electricity from Russia. So this is number one. Mm-hmm. And secondly, they need, uh, they are growing, their economy is growing, so they need and they will need more electricity, they will need more energy in the future. And there is a very responsible government over there trying to find solution to that. And mm-hmm. there was an investment friendly, uh, of course, very, very, you know, careful in what they are doing and uh, very challenging also in uh, how they challenge uh, uh, the other parties, but this is so natural. They need to take care of their uh, their people. Uh, right. Okay, and, and, that's excellent. That that makes uh, that makes so much uh, yeah. sense there. And then so let's, there, let's go to um, you know, uh, uh, Israel. Let's speak about Israel for a moment. You know, they have a uh, uh, very large, um, or I guess they, they have a energy convention that's uh, held, uh, you know, every year. But I, I want to speak about. Uh, going back to my first question about how uh, an investment company, an investment energy company, uh, can partner with a government. Um, when you look at Israel and, well, so much going on in that region, is it realistic to, to think uh, that Somehow, if we just focus on uh, the need of uh, energy, all the, the energy, gas, everything, focus on that as it pertains to a region, how a region can support one another. <laughs> and I'm, listen, I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm reaching because I'm just an activist or an advocate for everybody living together. And so that said, um, can you talk a little about uh, um, uh, Israel's uh, eco-energy or in it, anything that could uh, be sustainable for the whole region, how the region can support each other, meaning the surrounding uh, countries that are unfortunately 
battling and fighting in the midst of all this. I can't, I, you know, on one note, we're speaking about energy and investment and how we need to uh, save resources for our grandchildren, but then we have a whole region that's uh, just in turmoil. And I don't know, I mean, enlighten us on that for a minute, Nazareth. Well, Middle East, Middle East is so rich in oil and gas reserves. Right. Over mm-hmm. 70% of, you know, uh, the, 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 the world resources, uh, reserves are uh, in, in, in the region of, you know, 3,000 kilometers around Turkey. So that uh, Europe needs energy. Their demand is growing. Their need for uh, security of supply is increasing, particularly with the happenings in Russia, between Russia and Ukraine, and uh, Russia's, uh, you know, further, further uh, the influence uh, they are trying to make in the region. Uh, that, 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 is, that is really worrying you on that one. So they have been quite maybe relaxed, maybe over relaxed uh, during the decades. But when they have seen the last happening, I think they've seen that that is a reality. That risk is a real risk. And they mm. are trying to solve that. But Middle East is full of their problems, not only Middle East, but East Med also. The Levant Basin is, 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 uh, has, it, has a, a big prospect of, of gas, but it is not free from problems. One of the Cyprus, uh, offshore Cyprus, the discovery which has not proven large eventually is still there and that, that, that waits for the resolution on the island and the resolution would be, in my opinion, very important and necessary both for the Greek Cypriots and the Turkish Cypriots because when there is a wealth over there and when there is no resolution, if this wealth is under sea, under underground, then it is no good for um, neither for Greek Cypriots or, nor for the, for the Turkish ones. Similarly, Israel is in Israel offshore. Big discoveries has been made. In Ta- Tamar field was uh, more moderate, and it has been uh, supplying the country, a bit region, also even Palestine. So when you have energy, when you have sustainable win-win solutions, you can see how amazing, uh, amazing it can contribute to peace, uh, and, 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 and the sustain, sustainability of the world. But Leviathan was a different story. That was big. That was offshore. And to, to, to make use of it, to bring uh, welfare to people in Israel, uh, in the region, you need to monetize it. And to monetize it, it is very uh, different than oil. You need to have infrastructure, the market, the long-term contracts, take or pay, and all sorts of stuff. So there was a competition during, uh, in, in, at, at Harvard when I was a jury on ISMED gas discovery and something that was something similar. And the one that really came very logical to me and I pursued as a jury was a uh, solution, contribution to whole region, solution between the parties like Israel and Turkey and Europe and everything. Mm. Uh, solution for Israel also. Then after I left Shell, that also came in front of me as a project. What shall we do with this uh, gas? And one option was connecting this to Turkey with a direct pipeline, an offshore pipeline, 500 kilometers. Uh, the deepest point is 2,450, the deepest ever so far. And, uh, and, and doing this. The alternatives, like a pipeline to Egypt. You build a pipeline all the way to Egypt. You uh, liquefy it over there, very expensive, tens of billions of dollars of investments, although still there, you still need to pay for mm. that. And wow. then put it in the vessel, send them away, and then what is left for Israel? 
nothing, not much. No. And what is yeah? So that and and what what is the geopolitical benefit to the region for for you know a better political uh, cooperation with Turkey? Nothing. What is the solution for? Uh, no. For, for no. It, it, I I think um, just listening and and you're helping us to understand it all. It. I, I, when you just mentioned what is the what is left for Israel, n- not much. So, is that truly the the struggle? It's it's more political than anything, and and that's actually, you know, that might be naive on my end. It's more political than than anything <laughs> uh, because it's the politics of the world and what's available, what resources are available to the world. Because when you look at Africa and you look at China and how China has been in Africa for quite a few years now, and they're building infrastructure, they're drilling, they're doing all of these things where no one really has cared so much about uh, the amazing, beautiful Africa that has so many resources, except to go in to extract and, and take. But in this case, China says, okay, we'll, we'll build infrastructures. We'll help with this or that. So um, bottom line, when you speak about running pipes and all of this, is it realistic ever to think that with a great mind like yours, you're, you're, you understand it all, and, and I'm sure all of your associates, you know, you all understand this. It, is it reasonable to think that one day, you can present to the world or a company like yours or, or uh, corporations or politicians will present to the world how you can just draw out a diagram of connecting the pipe set so that everyone can have resources. That's too, that's not realistic, right? <laughs> well, it, it sometimes, sometimes uh, you know, it looks so unrealistic. When I initiated an idea, a crazy idea of uh, building a pipeline between Turkey and Greece uh, in 19, early 1990s, uh, before the earthquake took place and Greek, uh, Greece helped Turkey and the relationship was mellowed down. That was almost a war situation. When I initiated that idea, many people thought that I'm crazy. I'm, I'm really, <laughs> I'm mad. <laughs> and then it is running. It is running because uh-huh. I managed to convince the decision makers. It's a win-win right. situation. It's a sustainable. And really, the economic, good economic uh, projects can support political cooperation also. Now in Israel, I see that as a win-win situation, uh, building a pipeline between Israel to Turkey, to, to running gas to Europe also. Uh, mm. Good for Europe, good for Turkey, good for, because, you know, cheapest uh, source of gas, uh, diversification, um, uh, security of supply and so, same for Europe. And also uh, the highest netback for Israel, and also because it will run through uh, offshore Greece, there is an, uh, you know, a dispute on uh, economic uh, zone and, 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 and so. So mm-hmm. there, there is an opportunity to resolve perhaps not the old Cypriot issue, so old Cyprus issue overall, but at least the energy side of that. And that will be good, as I said, not only for Greek uh, Turks, but also Greek Cypriots also. And what mm-hmm. a great, what a great win, 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 win. Wow, uh, wow. Not an so easy what's, your, one. what's your thoughts on uh, Africa and the resources that Africa has? Africa has been rising 
that has, in fact, uh, I, I fully agree with you, uh, that has been realized by the rest of the world. And as I addressed uh, the, 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 at the beginning of our conversation, that easy oil, easy gas era is finished. And now you need to go for unconventional fracking, deep water, and also different geographies also. And Israel came uh, to be, because you need to put, particularly in offshore, about a quarter billion dollars in only one well. You drill it, you find something, or you just pick up and go. And the, 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 the investors uh, had the need of going far away, uh, moving from their comfort zone, and explore in the, in, the, in, the, in the areas that has never been explored before. And uh, the whom who came early uh, to the investment became very successful with their discoveries. And now it's there. Uh, there will be liquefi- liquefaction facilities, supply of gas uh, and oil to the rest of the world. So they are becoming a big, big player. And the important thing over there, I was in Kenya, I was in Tanzania, I was in, uh, in that region a while ago. And you can see, really, although you can, of course, with economic uh, parameters, you can, you, can, you can easily see that before you go. But you can really feel it on the street, uh, the, the welfare coming to the cities, to the people, to the quality of their lives when there is a more maturation in the upstream activities uh, in comparison to the ones who don't have it or who are in the early earlier uh, phases of that, like comparison between mm. Kenya and Tanzania, for example. And you go to Zanzibar, it's a different story. Then they are trying to do their own thing over there, all effort and struggle over there. But indeed, the big and important thing over there is how sustainable projects you create in those regions, how you uh, make the people, I think that is the most, most, most important uh, Right, element, very important, the people. To mm-hmm. benefit from that, the welfare, employment, and, and have, have uh, benefit from, 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 uh, from those resources, uh, mm-hmm. and, and of course the rest of the world have access right, to right. That was, as customers. That, that's that's uh, so important. It's about the people and the benefit, uh, and what uh, we can all, um, you know, uh, engage with. It's the benefit of, of uh, what we have to offer. So, uh, on that note, oh gosh, I can't believe it. It just goes by so quickly. You are just giving us so much great information, Nazareth. Um, can you tell uh, our listeners how they can connect with you if they uh, would like, you know, more information or? Um, are you on social media? Uh, I am in social media, Desiree. Uh, how can they I'm connect in, with you? I am on Facebook, uh, Nusret Komert, uh, the pronunciation is N-U-S-R-E-T and C-O-M-E-R-T, Nusret Komert. There might be some others, but you would recognize me perhaps with my <laughs> tie and Bosphorus Bridge and my background. That was a picture used in uh, the, the, the most important Israeli paper. Uh, about connecting two continents was my, my you know, message that I, I tried to give in Great. the background. So Facebook is one. T- in Twitter also, this is Nusret Komert, C-O-M-E-R-T. Uh, in LinkedIn also, I'm, I'm, I'm there. Uh, so, uh, yes, I'm available in social media. Excellent. Uh, you know, we've been speaking with Nusret Komert uh, today, and he has empowered us, I hope, and enlightened us with connecting uh, the world and, and how, uh, 
you know, we could perceive uh, energy and its value and what is actually happening in the world. And I hope you will join us again, Nasrat, because I think this is an ongoing conversation and we all need to be connected with it. Uh, and we love your brilliance <laughs> about helping us uh, to define uh, the areas in the world that needs the most help, but also what we can do uh, to, um, uh, you know, just jump up and be informed about it. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Desiree. I appreciate that. Thank you. You're welcome. We look forward to having you back. Thank you, and please tune in next week to the Wellness Lounge. We believe that we are taking it a step further. Thank you. Thanks so much for joining us this week for the Wellness Lounge. A step further. Please tune in next Monday morning at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel or our replay Saturday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel for another great show featuring your host, Desiree Watson. We'll continue to show you how to incorporate a wellness lifestyle and live a better life.